Hey everybody, welcome to the BA Podcast. It's your co-host James with Jake. Episode 85. George Kittle's number. Happy Thursday. Oh, Josh. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, George Kittle's number. Yeah, it's George Kittle's number episode. Jake, how are you feeling today? I'm feeling really well. My uh, semester's over, so I have, uh, what, five, six weeks off, I think? That's nice. That's nice. Um, yeah, so is I. I'm done with the semester, thank God. Um, that's why we haven't been, uh, it's been a what, what, two weeks, I think? I think our last episode was the 25th of November. Yeah, man, two yeah. weeks, yeah. I mean, had just a bunch of stuff to do, Jake and I, so we took a little break. Um, obviously still posting on our social media. Um, but Twitter, yeah. we're back, finals are over. Uh, like Jake was saying, you get like, what, five weeks off? You get what back in January? January twenty first. January twenty first. Yep. So yeah, basically five, five, six weeks, I think. Yeah, that's nice. Yeah, I, I think I start back on like February seventh or something like that. Jesus. Yeah, so I get like a, a nice two month break. Um, since I'm not taking like at St. Mary's, we do like we take one class in January, and I'm not doing one of those, so I have like the whole entire mm-hmm. January off, pretty much, which is kind of sick. What up? I'll be starting my internship in Walnut Creek. So that would be nice. Um, yeah. So yeah, finals are over, thank God. Hopefully I get all hopefully I pass all my classes. Yeah. Um same as Jake. But yeah. Well, let's get into it. Let's talk about some sports then. Um, let's talk about the Warriors first off. Uh, they played last night yeah. to <laughs> a team that's trash as well as we are trash. Yeah. Uh Going into the game, uh, I think both four, four and twenty. Hello, four twenty. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, we lost to the Knicks in OT, um, one twenty-four to one twenty-two, and uh, like I said, overtime. Um, pretty. Uh, I mean, they were blowing us out by I think like plus fifteen, almost the entire game, and then the third quarter comes around. Uh, I think we got pretty close. I watched like the third quarter and the fourth quarter mostly. Um, but yeah, we got within seven. Thanks, Gino. Uh, they get they take a lead. Um, Marcus Morris, I think that's who's on the Knicks. Is it Mark? Is it Marcus? It's one of the twins. It's one of the Morris brothers. Yeah, your guess, your good, your guess is as good as mine because I have no idea. Right, absolutely, absolutely. Uh, I think he had like thirty-one points. Uh, they were not guarding him on the three. He went five for nine on the three pointers. Hmm. I have no idea why uh, they weren't guarding him, but um, he's really much to highlight. I didn't really see a lot of RJ Barry going on. Did he even? Yeah. I didn't really see a lot of him or yeah. any flashes of R.J. Barrett at all. I don't even... I didn't even he, watch the game, really. If I'm being real. Like I said, I, yeah. I didn't watch the first half. Uh, let's see. He had 22 points. Hmm. 22, 10, and 3, R.J. Barrett did. He played 46 minutes, the most out of all of the Knicks. Hmm. Maybe he just didn't Trade happen. Piece. Maybe a lot of it happened in the first half because I didn't really see a lot of it. Yeah, I, I didn't watch but, any um, of it, if I'm being real. Yeah, Jake didn't watch the game. But, yeah, for I saw, I didn't even see a lot of them. Um, yeah, so, I mean, uh, uh, DeAndre Russell actually made a three at the end of regulation to force overtime, which was kind of sick. Um, an assist from Draymond Green um, to that. Um, on the night, DeAndre Russell had a 32-3-6. Uh, Draymond had a triple-double. Uh, which included 14 points, 10 rebounds, 12 assists. Hmm. Alex Burks, off the bench, uh, had 18. Good. 
Yeah. Good yeah, team. 18 off the bench. Um, adding uh, five rebounds and two assists. Our record currently is four and 21. I think dead last in the West. Yeah, I think they're. I think they have the worst record in the league, right? Let's check. I, I, I think they do. I think it was us in the Knicks in the toilet in the toilet bowl. And yeah, I think we might have the worst record in the NBA. Good. Good. I'll take the first pick. Yeah, well, it it's, doesn't. It's tank you know, season. It doesn't work like the NFL. For those who don't know, uh, it there's doesn't. a. It I think it's the top four. Like the yeah, well, the top four teams with the worst records. Um, I think they both have the same amount of odds for the lottery. And uh, for those who don't know, uh, the lottery is instead of like they the NBA. Yeah, instead of like Major League Baseball and NFL where you have the worst record gets the first pick, uh, they have four teams who have equal amount of chances to get the first pick. Uh, whoever wins the lottery gets the first pick. Uh, there is chances for other teams to win the lottery, but their chances are like 2%, really 3%, percent. stuff like that. So if you're yeah. like the – I think it's 20 – the top, the bottom four teams get 20% chance. That's 80 right there. The rest of the – lottery gets the rest of the 20% chances, uh, but but it depends on, like, if you're a fifth, you get a higher chance than you're, if you finish, like, 14th or something, if you know what I'm saying. Right, right, right. So, like, 14th gets, like, 0.2% chance to do it, then it's, like, 0.6, then, like, point, like, then 1, and I think 5 gets, like, 12% or something like that. It was, like, like this past uh, lottery when, like, the Lakers got all the way up to the fourth pick, I think, right? And plus, yeah, that's true, yeah. yeah. And plus, so... The NBA kind of rigs it a little, so you know the top. So you know that the top, like best, like the teams that are the NBA wants, um, like the NBA wants players to go to Jesus specific teams. Like if you if you go back to the Knicks in like nineteen eighties, they had a very controversial one when they won the uh, Patrick Patrick Ewing Ewing. Ewing. Jesus. The cold, the cold letter. Yeah, the cold letter. Um, when they won that somehow, so I think the, the Warriors have a good chance of getting it. They still, of course, need to lose games, uh, but the goal is to lose as much games as possible, but not be nine seventy three. Be like the worst team ever. Right. At least be like right. thirteen six, like fourteen sixty eight or something like that. That would be that would be like a good thing to do uh, to get top pick. Um, so yeah, it's not. Absolutely. So, yeah. Um, yeah, I think who was I talking to yesterday? I was talking to Swig, one of our coworkers, and he's like, yeah, man. I mean, like, after football season is over, I'm going to be maybe pretty bored because the Warriors are trash. And I was like, yeah, that's what happens whenever all the people are, like, injured and we're garbage. Yeah. So, like, when Jake says he's not, he's not watching the games, it makes sense because yeah, was... the quality of the games are just – they're not fun to watch, you know. I mean, obviously, I'll catch a game here and there. And even when we were winning, I wouldn't watch all the games because, I mean, there were at times where, like, I'd be at class or I'd be doing something and, like, stuff like that. But, like, I wouldn't go out of my way to watch my game, the games when I was actually busy. Now it's like, this is just bad basketball. Yeah, plus... The- while, there, while there are still some people on the team that are kind of, like, like, like exciting to watch, Kai Bowman, yeah, Spellman's actually pretty nice to watch. Yeah. Billy Stein is fucking garbage. Yeah, he's awful. Um, I was going to watch I, the game yesterday because I heard that 
Alan Smilagich was called up. Yes, yes. And I thought, oh, he's going to play, so I'm going to watch this game because he's going to play. Then I found out, oh, yeah, he's not playing. I was like, okay, then I'm not watching it. But but he did get called back from, yeah. Yeah, but I think... From Atlanta? The Atlanta team or something like that? No, he got from Santa Cruz. He's on... (coughs) The G League team, like, you know how baseball has AAA? Okay. Then I read something fucking wrong. I think they... He got called from Atlanta or some shit, and I was like, what the fuck? Nah. But yeah, um, I think he was just there for one game because they're they have a game tomorrow against Utah, and I think and they're yeah they have Kai Bowman staying back because he's on a two way contract, only be on a team for forty five yes. days, like roster practice game wise. Uh, so he's staying in Santa Cruz. So they have that clock going on, and I think they're gonna have Smilagich and him play. I think Smilagich, him, and maybe Jordan Poole will be playing against Santa Cruz uh, until they come back from home at least. Yes, 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 yes. He just turned 19 years old. Dear Lord. Yeah. He's young. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, he's back. Um, like you said, hopefully his debut's tonight with Kai Bowman not playing with a two-way contract. Um, even though I really like Kai Bowman. But, I mean, Damien Lee's back, too. So, I'm um, We'll see how that goes. But yeah, currently four and twenty-one, worst league in the worst league, worst record in the NBA. Send it. Let's talk about some sharks. Jake, why don't you take it off here for us? Yeah, so the sharks um, haven't been good recently. Um, as you know, they started the season four ten and one, and it was looking really bad. And they got redeemed Shemek back from an injury. Then they went to four. Then they went on a, uh, I think a ten. They went on like a ten, a ten two and zero streak, and we thought, okay, they're coming back now. But now Something they're fifth, like yeah. But now they're fifteen, sixteen and two. Uh, they lost, um, I think, four out of their last. They've lost um, four games in regulation and one game in overtime. So in the last six games, they're one four and one, and they're now fifteen, sixteen and two in the season, five points out of a playoff spot. And the Sharks decided to make a move that I didn't think was coming, or when I saw it, I was shocked that it happened, was that they fired their head coach, Peter DeBoer, after four-plus seasons with the Sharks. As you, as you know, he brought the Sharks to their first-ever Stanley Cup final, and they lost in six yes. games to the Penguins. However, they decided to fire him today, fire him yesterday. Um, and there's been a lot of firings in the NHL coaching-wise because there's been a lot of... Because there's, there's, there's like a big story in the NHL where... A lot of coaches are being fired due to their past, uh, inc- past incidents with players that they've had, where they've been, you know, abusive to the players. There's a guy named Akeem Aliu who played in the yeah, NHL I've for seen a, that. I've seen yeah, he that, played yeah. in the NHL for a little bit. He um, was like this big time prospect, but didn't make it because he had attitude issues apparently. But the reason for that was the reason for the attitude issues was. A couple like a couple weeks ago, he said that a coach of his was racist to him, and uh, called he called him one time in the locker room the N word. We said turn this N word music off. So he talked about he talked about that how that's happened throughout his career of coaches being abusive to him, and he wants us to stop the NHL. So there's been a lot of firings. There's been six coaches let go. Um, not all of them were involved in incidents like this. However, there was a guy in um, Calgary. Calgary Flames coach got fired, forget his name. There was a guy in uh, Toronto, the Toronto Maple Leafs. His name was Mike Babcock. 
he got fired for that as well. Uh, the Dallas Stars coach, uh, Jim Montgomery, got fired a couple of days ago too. Uh, other, the Devils coach got fired for hockey reasons, so not like anything like this. But when I first saw the incident, that when I first saw the report that they were firing Peter DeBoer, I thought, uh oh. I was like, oh no. Did he do something like? Did he do something like other coaches have done? Like, has he been abusive to players? Has he been racist to players? But we found out that it was strictly a hockey move, so there was nothing like that. But it has been happening in the NHL where there's been coaches being fired because of incidents like that that have been reported. The NHL is trying to get rid of that. They put in like a new system in place where you have to go like when the season starts, you have to have like a, you know how you do for St. Mary's or college where you have to do like a sexual assault training thing. Yeah, yeah, I did it before. Like right when I got accepted, they had they sent yeah. like this uh, like these videos like you have to watch and stuff yeah. like that. Yeah, so they're gonna be doing that every training camp before the season starts to have it done. Um, then if the if, it, if there's any incidents of coaches like abusing that, um, well, it's not really sexual assault for the coaches, but I only made that reference because that's what we had to do for college. We did like do something that that you do before college year starts. It's just like a training. Uh, yeah, like a training thing. So the NHL coaches had to do a training. If there's any incidents incidents incidences of any abuse uh, that will be either suspended or it would be suspended without pay or if it's really bad they will be fired um, so they had to do that um, but so that's nothing that didn't happen with Peter DeBoer so there's nothing to worry about that with Peter DeBoer which is a strictly hockey move uh, they're 15 16 and 2 they've been really they've been really disappointing to start the season um, however uh, they did talk to some of the players um, Joe Thornton they asked Joe Thornton about it, and he admitted that yeah, they probably it was he was like it's probably it was probably time for us to get a, a new fresh voice in the locker room, um, which can which can make all the difference because last Absolutely. year last year the Blues they were the worst team they fired their coach hire a coach that they had in their uh, they they knew about I think he was on their assistant coaching staff they hired him they won the cup so the Sharks hoping to have us to them looking at also talked that he was also talked about. The news. He said he was shocked and stunned by the DeBoer news, and he had heard a little bit before it went public, uh, but he was still shocked nonetheless. And had nothing but good things to say about Peter DeBoer. Uh, Vander Kane said the same thing. Uh, so that's yes. good. That's yes, good. That's good for DeBoer that it wasn't anything, you know, nefarious. Good. Right. right. Good word right there. Strictly hockey only. Yeah, strictly hockey only. So the Sharks blew out the whole entire coaching staff, except they kept their assistant coach that they signed. In the offseason, uh, right. he was the former assistant coach for them until he left for the Florida Panthers for their head coaching job two seasons ago. Um, so they hired him as their interim head coach. They brought up, for assistant coaches, they brought up their AHL coach, Royce, Roy Sumner, who's like the most winningest AHL coach in history. The first time in NHL after 23 years, he'll be assistant coach for the Sharks. Mike Ricci, former Sharks player, also assistant for the Barracuda, I believe, or maybe he may be like a not on the coaching bench, but he may be in the right. background for the Barracuda. Right. But he's right. coming up to be a coach as well. They fired their goalie coach, uh, which was Johan Hedberg. They hired Evgeny Nabokov, who's their former goalie goalie coach. Nabokov, baby. Yep, he's the goalie coach now for the Barracuda, so he'll be an assistant coach. He'll be the new goalie coach. He'll be on the bench probably. Uh, they fired their special teams guy. Uh, I think his name's Steve Spot or something like that. They don't have him there anymore. Uh, they think that uh, it's going to be a mix of Boudner, 
the guy. Uh, it's going to be a mix of um, the AHL coach Sumner and Ricci doing that stuff when the box office focusing solely on goalies. Goaling, uh, right. So they'll be doing that as well. Uh, so the new head coach is Bob Budner, as I said, I believe. Uh, he was t- two years as coach as the Panthers, went 80, 68, and 14, uh, which isn't great, but it's not bad either. It's actually over 500. Um, so he does that as well. So he's the interim coach. He's not the official coach for, like, they haven't hired, so yeah, he's the new permanent head coach. He's interim. I'm not sure if they're going to wait till after the season to do something, which I probably think they will. Uh, do what probably probably do what the Blues did last year, where they had the guy coach for the rest of the season, won the Cup, right. and they're like, "Oh yeah, you're pretty good. You're a new permanent head coach." So hopefully they have this with the Sharks, and they have their game tonight against the New York Rangers in the Shark in San Jose. Uh, so they be playing tonight, seven thirty. They had made a move, so this move of Roy Sumner as the AHL coach, now the NHL coach, NHL like assistant coach. He coached all the people that are in the San Jose Barracuda on the AHL team. So he knows all about those players. And there's going to be rumors that they're going to be trying to get rid of some veterans, uh, like the fourth-line veterans, and have some of their young players come up. And the first, right. and this, there's actually two instances of this happening already. Uh, I believe a day ago they called up, or they recalled Len Bergman, who's like a 21-year-old uh, from Germany in his rookie season. He's going to be coming back up to the Sharks. Not sure if he's playing or not. Uh, but he's going to be back up. And today, they called up one of their top prospects, um, right wing from the San Jose Barracuda, jo- Joaquin Blitchfield. Yeah, Joaquin Blitchfield from the San Jose Barracuda. 21 years old, plays right wing. Uh, he had 19 points in his first 20 AHL games, so a point per game in the AHL. That usually translates to the NHL level. I'm not sure exactly how well it does, but it usually translates to them. He's known more for offensive, not much. He's not much of a defensive player, but they've only scored seven goals in five games, so they called him up to see if they get some more instant offense. He is one of their top prospects. They have two other top prospects in the AHL team that may be coming up sooner sooner rather than later, Ivan Chekovic and Alexander Chemovilevsky. Uh, so they may, may be coming up as well to help the Sharks out on that. But they, they are going to have some sort of a uh, youth, more youth players coming up because the – as I said, the AHL coach, not the NHL coach, so he knows all about the players. So we're going to see more and more youngsters coming up, as, which as is a good Michael, thing. As Michael Scott would say, they're going to euthanize this place. Yeah, they're going to euthanize this place. Um, <laughs> so they're going to do that. Uh, so they have. So there's going to be a lot more rookies coming up, which is good because they've been pretty bad this year, the team. So any sort of change might be a good thing. And hopefully Absolutely. it is. Just, just need some... Not necessarily just new faces, just like just more young guys to go in there and you know get some experience and you know, I mean it's not a lost season yet. I mean they're only fifteen, sixteen, and two. Yeah. So you just never know how it will go. So yeah, it's not like they're like twenty points out of a playoff spot. Absolutely. They're only five yeah, points exactly. out. Exactly. So they have a shot exactly. still, and I think they're going to be better because Nabokov. His work in the AHL of goalies has been really good. They've had three straight years of three separate goalies being the AHL All-Star. So hopefully that happens with the Sharks. Their goalies haven't been great. That is all. They their goalies haven't been great the past couple of years. So hopefully that changes it with them. Uh, with the Bok off being on, being in the fold and Ricci, I'm not sure what he's gonna do. Um, I didn't really hear anything or really go deep into it. Um, but yeah, so it should be interesting. And they are having the interview right now with. The coaching staff, 
uh, Doug Wilson, all the players. Um, so they're talking about Kachur speaking right now. Um, I believe other people are speaking too. Eric Carlson was speaking, was spoke as well. Um, uh, Eric Carlson said that it's not his fault that we're not playing well. It's our fault. Uh, unfortunately, we have not delivered up to the standards that we expect of ourselves. And then Kachur talked was talking as well, saying. Uh, Sports is what sports is what you've done for me lately. Business as a player and a coaching member of a coaching staff was a job. You feel part of the reason why. Love us need to pick it up. Absolutely. Yeah. And that's the sharks. So yeah, sweet. Um, yeah. So sharks. <laughs> yeah, a lot of sharks news. Yeah, a lot of sharks news. Yeah, I mean, you know, hopefully they get just get back on track. Um, yeah. With those guys, I mean, obviously, um, it has not been picking up. I mean, obviously, when Smith came back, they had that nice run, but then again, it's starting to fall apart. But again, yeah. we're only five points out, like you said. And now he's out for chance. a while. He's yeah. out for a couple of weeks due to a surgery he had. Right, right, right. Um, I, I was just saying that, like when yeah. he came back, we had that push. Yeah, you know, that we got better. Absolutely, with the stat of when he's in, we do great. Now that he's out, maybe we don't do great. But I mean, we shall see. We shall see. Yeah, but yeah we shall. let's move on to some uh, MLB talk. Um, again, Jake, why don't you take it away? Yeah, so I'll speak a little bit more on baseball right now. Crazy cup, crazy week. As you remember last season. Crazy, crazy. As you remember crazy. last offseason, there was nothing going on free agency-wise or trade-wise. Nothing at all going on until like late February. This year... Yeah. That last year looked like an anomaly. This year has been moving really quickly. Uh, we've had three major signings, a couple of trades. Uh, the Giants have done some things. The A's um, haven't done really anything yet, but they're looking to do something as well. Dodgers have made some moves. The Nationals made a couple of moves. Um, Blue Jays, all that stuff's happening there. But the major story of the winter meetings that's happening this week that ends today actually was that we had three major signings the first major signing happened a couple of days ago i believe monday night uh steven yes, strasburg monday. re-signed with the washington nationals he opted out of a four-year 100 million dollar deal at the end of the season and people thought oh that's kind of a risky move however he's re-signed with the washington nationals on a new seven-year 245 million dollar deal uh, so he'll be paid about $35 million per year over the next seven years, um, which is a really good deal for him. Um, however, there's, the structure of it is kind of weird. It says two forty-five. He's going to get all of that. However, they've deferred money, which means they're going to pay him like a couple million, like a million dollars per year after he, like after the contract ends. So he's going to get money, even though he's not going to be playing really anymore. But it's like it's called um, deferred money, so they get a little bit later during their career. Uh, but right. it's two forty five, but he's most likely going to be two hundred million. The other forty five coming like a year annually, annually, um, uh, you know, payments stuff like that. So he's he resigns with the Washington Nationals. And the next move that happened a couple, I believe Tuesday night, Tuesday or Wednesday night, we had this record signing. With uh, Garrett Cole, uh, he leaves the Houston Masters to sign the New York Yankees on an in- insane and incredible contract Ridiculous for a pitcher. Deal. Ridiculous yeah. deal. 
Nine-year, $324 million for Garrett Cole, $36 million per year, the highest-paid pitcher in MLB history, the only player with the highest, the only player of a higher, um, of a higher salary per year is Mike Trout, who I believe is making what? Um, let me look it up. Mike Trout contract. What was Garrett? Was Garrett uh, seven years, right? Garrett Cole was nine years, three hundred twenty-four million, thirty-six million per year. Right? Jesus, dude. He's actually that's a, that's a lot of money. Yeah, he's making more money per year than Mike Trout, who signed a 12-year, $430 million deal last year of the Los Angeles Angels. How, mu- uh, how, much is it, how much a year is it? How much a year? It's basically like $35.8 million per year for Here's Trout. For Garrett Cole, it's $36 million per year. I'm not sure that's yeah. the highest. I know it's the highest for pitchers, but I'm not sure I mean, it's the yeah, highest. In, the highest for pitchers, yeah. I think it might be the highest in MLB history, actually, for like a per-yearly basis. Um. Yeah, it was like a. Yeah, I'm not I sure. Saw tweet. I forgot who, yeah. who set it out, but imagine being paid that much and then going to Chipotle and then not worrying about guac. Yeah, I saw that. I'm not paying extra for guac. I mean, that's God, dude. I I don't I I don't. I mean, there's a lot of things I would do with three hundred twenty-four million dollars, but like. Just to fathom, just just think about how much money you're getting out of that deal is insane. So if you're listening yeah. to those kids, play baseball. Play baseball. Yeah, no, for sure. All <laughs> play, of it. Play, play baseball. Yeah, and all of it's guaranteed. So no matter what you do, you're getting all of it. That's you're getting all of it. You're, yeah, you're getting every single penny of that deal, no matter what. Yeah. So Garrett Cole signs with the New York Yankees on a record deal. Big risk involved because nine years for a pitcher is a lot. Um, money That's is whatever, really. That's a long time. The years is tough. The money is whatever. I mean, these teams can afford it. And yeah. Can, can afford Absolutely. it easily. These teams can afford it. So, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, so then there's another big signing that happened yesterday. Uh, he was also on the Washington Nationals, Anthony Rendon, Rendon who's a third baseman. Uh, he signs yes. with the Los Angeles Angels on a seven-year deal worth $245 million. So $35 million yes. per year. The second highest for a position player, the highest player goes to Mike Trout. They're on the same team. So the lineup, this is what their lineup's going to look like probably. Um, they may not yes, be, the yeah, the Angels are going to be these three. They're, they're going to bat these three back to back to back. It's going to be, it may be different like how they do it, but it's right. Mike Trout, Anthony Rendon, and Shohei Otani. That's pretty right. good. That's insane. That's like, that's yeah, that's insane. It's like remember when the Steelers had uh, Roethlisberger at his power, uh, has his powers. Le'Veon Bell and Antonio Brown at their powers on the same offensive back, like on the same offense. Right. And they had him. That's like what the Nash, That's what that's like what the Angels have now with Rendon, Trout, and uh, Otani. They still don't have much pitching, but there's rumors of them trying to go after Corey Kluber from the Cleveland Indians, who's a Indians, qu- right, former right. Cy Young Award winner. There's rumors of them going after. Last year, right? Yeah. Winner last year. Uh, right. two years ago, I think. Two, oh, okay. In the okay. AL, at least. They're looking at Hanjin Ryu, who's a Korean uh, pitcher who played for the Dodgers, which will be cut like a ten-minute drive for him from the Dodgers to the Angels Park. Um, they're looking at Madison Bumgarner as well. Uh, he might yeah, be someone man. that goes there. Um, Dallas Keuchel too. 
So they're going to have some... the Dodgers specifically? Are you talking about the Dodgers specifically or are you talking about Angels The too? Angels. The Angels. Okay. So what are your thoughts on Matt Bum? I mean, there hasn't been any talk about the guy signing anywhere yet, but I mean, I just remember the Dodgers were in on Garrett, Garrett Cole and now that yeah. they lost out on him. The thought of uh, Mad Bum going to the Dodgers is kind of... Does that feel weird for you? Um. Yeah, that would be kind of hard to swallow. However, I've heard that Giants ownership, if that was something that could happen, Giants ownership would demand that the Giants front office would pay Mads and Bumgarner. Uh, like they would say, hey, you have to pay him. No matter what, pay him. I don't care. You pay him because they did not want that to happen. Him going from the Giants to the Dodgers, which would be really right. bad for the Giants, like um, public perception, which already taken kind of a hit with the hiring of Gabe Kapler, all the other instances right. they have with right. that. Right. Um, yes. However, I don't believe Madison Bumgarner will go there. I just Me think either. I don't. I don't think he'd go there either. To be honest, like if they offer him like a five-year, hundred fifty million dollar deal at thirty million per year, then yeah, he'll probably he probably consider it. Which would yeah, I would I would take that no matter what. I but mean, I just don't think he will. So I mean, yeah, I just not, don't think right? he's gonna. He wouldn't. I don't think he would do it. Um, the thing about that news is that the date like before they announced that they're going after Bumgarner to the Dodgers. I thought right. there was no. Ch- I thought like, yep, he's leaving. There's a zero percent chance the Giants sign him. After that news broke, though, I'm kind of thinking they may actually sign him now. Uh, he's looking the for Giants a, will or the Dodgers. The Giants. They're look, he's right. looking. Bumgarner's looking for a five year deal over a hundred million dollars. Uh, right. The right. contract to look at is Matt Wheeler or um, Zach Wheeler, who got a contract from the Phillies, who got five years, hundred eighteen million dollars. That's the type of deal I think he's gonna want to get as well. He probably will get it too. I know the Twins are involved, the Angels, the Dodgers, um, the Braves maybe, uh, the Giants. There's multiple teams that want Bumgarner, uh, but he deserves this chance to go, hey, I'm a free agent for the first time, probably the last time in my career. I want to see what offers I get, see what's the biggest money I can get as well, on the best situation too. But I do think there's a chance he stays with the Giants. Uh, there's a better chance he stays with the Giants now than what I thought a couple of days ago because of the Dodgers news. Um, but hopefully he goes if he goes somewhere like if he goes to the Twins I'm fine with that if he goes to the Dodgers it's going to be tough to swallow yeah I, I definitely agree I mean I mean that guy won you what three World Series yeah I two. mean two I mean I mean god the guy was on the wrong I mean jeez dude like I mean that guy going to the Dodgers that's like would you be mad at him if he went to the Dodgers no, not really, because he won three championships. Right. I would not be like, oh, yeah, he's at the, woohoo, he's at the Dodgers. Yeah, woohoo, clap it up. I would not do that. I'd be like, like, fuck, he's, he's at the Dodgers? Sure he's ovation whenever he comes to uh, AT&T, for sure. I do no think, though, what. if he goes to the Dodgers, he'll get, mo- he'll get mostly, he'll get mostly cheers, but I do think he will get a lot of boos, too, if he goes to the Dodgers. Yeah, because the Dodgers. No, saying, whenever he returns to AT and T to play the Giants, he'll get a yeah. standing ovation. He'll get a standing Absolutely. ovation. Any other team, he goes to the Dodgers. There's gonna be some booze. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, I mean, yeah. I mean, obviously, hey, the, the market's moving fast for free agencies this time of year. Not like last year, like you said before. So, I mean, hopefully, we see something soon. Um, you never know, but yeah. Why don't you uh, move? Uh, why don't you? Uh, Talk about some other stuff. Yeah, so the Giants made a couple of moves actually that helped the roster. Uh, so 
on, I believe, a couple days ago, Tuesday or Wednesday. I'm not sure the days anymore. They kind of go together. Um, the Giants traded for Zach Cozart uh, and a prospect from the Angels for a player to be named for a uh, player to be named later. Did you sneeze? Stop, Max. Oh, okay. Sorry. Yeah, for they traded. The Giants traded with the Angels for Zach Kosart and a prospect for a player to be named later or cash considerations. Zach Kosart um, has one year left on his deal at around $12.8 million. Uh, he has not played basically any baseball except for like a couple of games over the last two years due to injuries. So people probably went thinking, why would the Giants accept that trade where they get a guy, where they get a bad money deal for a guy who hasn't played in a couple of years really? That may not be a part of their roster. They may not be part of their future. It's definitely not part of their future. Well, here's why. It's very it, interesting, yeah. Well, yeah, here's explain? why. They did it for the prospect. And the prospect they got is Will Wilson. He's a second baseman shortstop. He was drafted in the first round by the Angels in the 2019 draft at 15th overall. The Giants were actually considering drafting him at 10 when they had the 10th pick in the draft. But they went for an uh, outfielder named Hunter Bishop, who's one of the top four prospects in their system. He's a top 65 prospect in all of baseball. That was a good move there to get him. However, they do get Will Wilson in the trade that Zach Coaster comes with as well. So they basically did the deal just to get the prospect, which is actually kind of right. smart because they have right. a lot. Because the Giants aren't really going to compete next year, mostly. May, may, not compete, may not even compete in 2021. So you do this move to get the prospect. And yeah, you had to pay Coaster $12.8 million. They took on all the contract. But you can do that because you have a lot of, like, they don't have a salary cap in baseball, but you're not, they have something called the uh, uh, tax line or something like that, where if you go over that, you pay, like, a significant amount of, like, taxes for, like, the money you spend. It's like every dollar you spend is, like, $3 or something like that. Uh, so they do that as well. Luxury tax is what it's called. Uh, so the Giants are, like, $70 million underneath that. So they can take guys on short-term deals who have like a one year left or two years left on their deal, who make right. a lot of money that aren't really good players. But they take that back because they want to get a prospect attached to it to take the money back. So teams give them like a prospect to say, hey, yeah, here's a, here's a terrible contract, but here's one of our best prospects. We'll give you that so we can have more room to maneuver underneath the luxury tax line, which is what the Angels did. They trade Cozart and the prospect. They then go out and sign Anthony Rendon the next day to a $245 million deal. So that's what they did for that. The Giants got, as I said, Will Wilson plays second second baseman and shortstop. He was the fourth-ranked prospect in the Angels' system. Um, now he goes to the Giants as the 10th-ranked prospect in the Giants' system, which goes to show either two things. The Angels' prospect system is horrifically bad, or the Giants' prospect system is really, really good. I think it's something it's somewhere in the middle. Angels' prospect system is not terrible. Giants isn't the greatest, but they have a very high amount of talent. The Giants high end, uh, their high end, like the top 10 prospects, I think is probably one of the best in baseball by far. Top five, I think, no doubt about it. They have four top 100 prospects. They have another guy who's close to being a top 100 prospect. who's a pitcher named Logan Webb. Uh, they have Alexander Canario, who is a really good player that could also be a top 100 prospect too. Sean Hagelli, who's 6'11", he could be another top 100 prospect, too. So they have elite, elite, elite high-end talent. The rest of the farm system isn't, like, there yet, 
Like, there's a lot of, like, death pieces that aren't really considered big-time prospects. But adding Will Wilson to, like, the top 10 prospect list is a really good get for the Giants because they're in a rebuilding mode. However, these players aren't, like, in... Most of the top prospects aren't, like, in low, low single... Like, in the low minors. They're getting... They're moving closer to uh, the big leagues with Bart and Ramos being probably going to be in the big leagues this year as well. Uh, so they have that going on. So they do that move just to get Wilson on the... Just to get Wilson in their system. Um, he batted 278 with five home runs and, a, I believe, like, 15 extra base hits in his first pro season after being drafted. And he should start in Augusta or San Jose next season. And Farhan Zaidi, the Giants president of baseball operations, said that they have the amount, they have like the means to take on bad deals if they get a prospect back or a guy at the major league level. Uh, so there's been rumors of them training for David Price and also having the Red Sox attach Andrew Benintendi, who is a left fielder for them, was really good, 25 years old. Uh, doesn't hit for a lot of power, but hits average, good defender, really good defender, uh, gets on base a lot. So that's what the Giants are doing, which is really smart for that. And it was a good move, I believe. It was a really good move that the Giants made, training for Will Wilson and Zach Kosart. Um, they also made a move to add to the rotation, signing pitcher Kevin Gossman to a one-year $9.5 million deal. That can get up to around $10.5 million based on incentives. Uh, look, to this, look for this deal to be just like they did last year of Drew Pomeranz. Sign him to a one-year deal, put him in the rotation. Didn't work out, really. They moved him in the bullpen for five games, pitched lights out. Then they got Marty Dubon, who's a third-ranked prospect in the Brewers system, who the Giants probably starting second baseman. But they want to be in the utility role, second base, shortstop, center field type guy. So the Giants are doing this thing where they sign guys to one-year deals in the hopes of flipping them for prospects when this time comes in the trade deadline. Um, so they did that. They're probably going to do that with Kevin Gossman as well. When he's on as a starting pitcher, he's really, really good. Struggled last year. He's going to a pitcher's park and get all the opportunity in the world to be in the Giants' rotation. That's what they did for that. And there's another rumor of them, the Giants being interested in Nick Castellanos, who was a left, who is a basically a left, left fielder, right fielder, third, and can play first base. He's not good defensively at all. He's actually really bad, but he's a really good hitter, like a power, RBIs, average, all that stuff. Uh, he's, he's 27 years old, so he's young enough that they can sign him to a multi-year deal. He's, probably, he's probably going to get like four to five years at probably around I don't know, 75 to 90 million, depending on the years you give him, probably 18 million per year. The Giants are interested in him because the Giants GM traded for him when he was in Chicago as a little, as a guy underneath the GM in Chicago. The new Giants GM is doing that now. So they, he knows the player really well. They think his defense can improve. His offense is really good. Power, average RBIs, as I said. And they are looking at him as well. And there's also other rumors of them looking at other players that. I haven't really concrete information yet, but they are expected to make a ton of moves this offseason and trade probably Brandon Belt, a couple other players from their roster to get prospects get younger so they can get in that new phase when all the top prospects come up, like Joey Barr and Julio Ramos and all those guys. So they get like a well-oiled machine like the Dodgers are right now with prospect systems. Sweet. Yeah. Um... Yeah, on the A's news, um, yeah, they're not really prioritizing uh, sending any free agents. Um, they're prioritizing really just um, keeping the core players intact. Um, I did see that there's uh, some rumor about them trying to uh, trade uh, for Jed Lowry. Yeah. Just saw that for the A's. Um, another thing, I think uh, two players made the inaugural second 
team, MLB, this offseason, and Marcus Simeon, and then Liam uh, Kendricks. Uh, nice to see for them. Uh, Hendricks, excuse me. Uh, but, yeah, I haven't really seen anything. Uh, interest in Matt Leaders, hmm. the A's rumor. Uh, we had some guys walk away uh, from the team. Uh, Blake Trinian, uh I signed with the Dodgers on a one-year contract worth $10 million. Um, who else? Tanner Vorak to the Blue Jays. Another guy uh, walking away. But um, other than that, no real big names uh, to be talked about going to the Oakland A's. Yeah, that's usually what they do. They don't sign big free agents. <laughs> Absolutely. They Absolutely. get the lower guys um, to do that for their roster. That's what they have to do. They can't afford big-time money like the Giants can do. Um, so that's what the Giants. Are, that's what the Giants A's are doing. The Giants also named the coaching staff, but we won't get into that really that much. But they did hire former A's closer, rookie of the year, Andrew Bailey, as the Giants' new pitching coach. His new Giants pitching coach. Other moves as well. And we'll give you more information about the MLB offseason in the coming episodes. Stuff like that happens, or if anything hap- anything breaks during this episode, we'll let you know and talk Absolutely. about that there. Um, but yeah, that's all I have. To, that's all I have on a baseball talk. Yeah, so we'll take a break right here. We'll be back with some football. Thanks for listening. And we're back. So, yeah, let's get into some football talks, specifically the 49ers. Yeah, so we've been gone, so there's some games that we haven't been able to talk about. But I'm pretty sure we talked about the Green Bay game. Um, yeah. But, yeah, the hardest stretch in football, these three games that we're about to talk about, um, the hardest in football in a long time, I think. Um, three straight games, teams were about above uh, 800. Yeah. Uh, First time Crazy in, good teams. First time yeah, NFL like history. First time in the NFL. Oh, sorry, yep. sorry, sorry. Yeah, uh, first time in the NFL ever. Um, yep. Three straight games. Uh, people were calling it the gauntlet, in which we went 2-1 and one, um, in some one lopsided game and then two really exciting games. Um, it gave me blowing out Green Bay, 38-7. What a big W that is to start off with the gauntlet. That was awesome to watch. Um Again, our defense is proving again that our defense is just playing really well during that game. And then moving on with the Baltimore Ravens game. Um, this game was going on during my sister's birthday party, so I had it on my phone, and I was watching. Uh, but yeah, I was at the bar, too, watching this game, and I was really, really just nervous uh, because this game was really good. I mean, obviously, playing in the rain is hard. Um, our second offensive drive ending with a fumble. Uh, by Jimmy G and then Lamar Jackson after one play and then throwing to a touchdown to Mark Andrews, tying it 7-7. Uh, but, yeah, pretty low-scoring game. I mean, it was 17-17 to the, to the wire. And then, you know, the best kicker in football, uh, ending it in the waning seconds, making it 20-17, to taking the L against the Ravens, um, who are really good. Yeah, they're really good. Yeah, really, really good. Yeah. Um, so, obviously, that was our second loss of the season. Two losses uh, combined, losing by six points. That's that's. I mean, at two to two pretty good teams, um, the Seahawks and the Ravens. Um, obviously, uh, we'll play the Seahawks again in Seattle, but we'll talk about that another time. And then ending the gauntlet in the Superdome in New Orleans in one of the loudest stadiums in the NFL um, playing the Saints in a thriller thriller of a game 
winning 48 to 46. Jake, do you have any thoughts on this game at all? Um, yeah, it was a great game. Um, probably one of the best games I've seen in a while. Uh, for the, definitely for the Niners. It was just it was a great game. Niners defense wasn't good at all, but you know. Your defense isn't going to be great all the time, so you need your offense to step up. Jimmy Garoppolo needs to step up, and he did. Jimmy Garoppolo, over the past three games, over the since whenever since they acquired Ant, um, Emmanuel Sanders, he's been insane, like really, really Absolutely good. Absolutely insane. Yeah. Yeah, he's been. I I, I think the stat was like um, no one has thrown for more touchdowns than Jimmy G. Yeah. Uh, higher completion percentage. Yeah, he's like, yardage wise. Yeah, first in like touch, first in touchdowns. Like third in completions, 18, four, it's eighteen touchdowns. Yeah, first in touchdowns, fourth in uh, completion, three in, third in yards. Uh, he's been he's turning a quarter. A lot of people don't give him the props that he deserves. People think he's some like Blake Bortles type. It's it's the it's the field goal moving of the masses of people who just don't believe in Jimmy G. Yeah, now they're saying yeah we want to see it in the playoffs. Okay, well. Yeah. Now you're going to see we'll oh, see it well, again next oh, year your, too. Your defense, well, our defense didn't play good, this, play well this week. Oh, it's. Shanahan's play calling. Oh, it's yeah. something this. Oh, it's something that. I mean, yeah, people aren't giving his props, which is which has made me come up with my own system of how to rank quarterbacks. Now, I didn't do it for this episode because it would take fucking forever. Forever, take but forever. here's the here's my here's my way of doing it. Here's so, our preview. Here's our preview. Here's a preview. Look at the, all the quarterback stats. Take all their stats and where they're ranked at. So, let's say you're ranked first in touchdowns, fifth in interceptions. Third in yards, and like wait, first in touchdowns, third in yards, five in like completion percentage, and sixth in yards per attempt. So that's like that's you're ranked like in the top. That's like twenty or something, right? You're twentieth. Twenty twenty. Your stats combined equals twenty. Divide that by six. Three point three 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 three. So, in my rankings, if you had all those stats, you would be the third best quarterback in the NFL. That's kind of a taste of what my thing's going to be. Now, if you look at Jameis Winston, he's first, in inter- he's first in touchdowns, second in yards, but 32nd in interceptions. He's done like 28 of them or some shit like that. You do that, 32 plus 1 equals 33, 16 and a half plus 2, that's 35, that's... What? That's like 12.666. You're the 12th ranked quarterback in the NFL. That's my stat line. That's how I'm going to do stats from now on. And now I'm going to do that for, you do it for touchdowns, yards, completion percentage, yards per attempt, sacks, rushing touchdowns, rushing yards, quarterback rating, QBR, uh, your, as I said, yards per attempt, uh, fumbles, interceptions, like that. Add all those up, divide it by the number of categories you have. That's your rankings for the top 10 quarterbacks in the NFL. I'm going to do that for next episode, and I think Jimmy Garoppolo is a top-five quarterback based on my ratings. However, we shall find out, but I think he's a top-five quarterback. Yeah, I mean, um, if you just look at uh, just the way he plays, I think the guy is just a top-ten talent. Oh, yeah, no doubt. In the NFL right now, like, I, absolutely. Like, there's, like, there's no it's denying easy. it after, easy. like, how well he's done. I mean, the guy has, twenty what, 25 touchdowns, 11 interceptions. Um, the guy has like a sixty-five plus. Oh, what what's the completion percentage? It's like, it's like sixty-eight, sixty-nine. Nice. Yeah, he's like nice, yeah, it's like sixty-nine point um, seven or something like that. Yeah, it's nice. It's nice. It's yeah. nice. Um, like come on, like before the season started, I predicted the guy to throw for twenty plus. And I mean, 
20 plus is good. Yeah, he's 20 on, plus right now, looking like it right Jesus. now, is 25 is solid in the season with three games to go. Um, yeah, he's on pace for 30 touchdowns, 4,000 yards passing in his yeah, first season 4, 000, 4, as a full-time starter. the first quarterback to do it since, like, I think, just Jeff Garcia, I think. Yeah. And his first so, year I mean, starting, like, full-time. Yeah. Full-time, yeah, yeah full-time th- starter. Obviously, he has a record of, like, it's already, like, 21 like five or something. Two or something like that now, or, like, 18 or whatever, 18-4 and four now, or something like that, with the two losses added on the season. But, I mean, the guy can play. The guy's a gamer. The guy moves the chains. I mean, obviously, with the acquisition of Emmanuel Sanders boosting uh, the offense, I mean, it's great to see. I mean, I think this receiver core can do great things. I mean, with uh, Kendrick Bourne doing, doing great in the red zone especially, another great target on third down. Uh, he is, again, we're really, we're really seeing Debo Samuel flourish especially in the short uh, short route game, slant specifically. I mean, the guy can has a lot of yak, for sure, yards after catch, that's for sure. Um, and then I think if, and then our running backs are just interchangeable. I mean, every, every single one of them has uh, a highlight to their game. But, I mean, Raheem Mostert, special teamer, I, I think I saw, I saw him with Roto World today that he has earned the starting, the lead back role. Which I think is great. Um, again, all of our running backs can not only pound the rock, not only are fast, but they can also line up as receivers and catch the ball downfield. And we've seen that with all of them. Um, obviously, there's been some injuries, which we'll talk about. Uh, but this team, I think, is on pace just to to just descend it. Really, you know. Um, Big sense only. Bang, bang, Niner game. Yeah, agreed. Um, absolutely. But, yeah. Um, so, yeah. Went 2-1 through the gauntlet. I would take the Atlanta Falcons up next. We'll talk about that our picks in a little while. But um, let's talk about some injuries that have happened, uh, specifically that's happened this past game um, that might affect – that might or might not affect us at all. But we'll, we'll just talk about it now. So, Weston Richburg, starting center. Uh, Torres Patel tendon, he's out the rest of the season. Um, I think the next man up was Ben Garland, and I think he's done a really good job in the Saints game. Uh, specifically, he did a great job then, and um, he will be a starter from here on out. Um, D4 re- re-aggravated his hamstring in the Saints game as well. I think it's like the second quarter or something like that. Um, they were saying it's a lot worse than it was the first time. He's out about three to four weeks, so hopefully uh, we'll, the defense will hold up without him. Um, and then Sherman also hurt his hamstring this game. Um, he'll be out about two to three weeks. Hopefully it's not too serious. The guy's a gamer. Uh, we'll miss him. But um, Emmanuel Mosley will get that other starting spot. Uh, Witherspoon also there. Um, uh, a receiver of ours, Marquis Goodwin, he hasn't been playing. Uh, he was actually sent to IR with chronic mean ankle injuries he's done for the season um and then one of the key pieces to our defensive line you'd say he's like an unsung hero is dj jones um he's been dealing with an ankle injury um i i, I don't think they've put him on ir just yet uh, correct me if i'm wrong um i think the last time he was seeking other opinions to see what he what other things he can do uh, but it's looking like he might be out for the rest of the season. So we'll see a lot of uptake in both Sheldon Day and Tom and Tom's playing with the tackle positions and whatnot. Um, 
And next, our uh, slot corner, one of the best in the game, uh, Kawan Williams, uh, got a concussion. He's a concussion protocol. So, I mean, he might be out this week. Uh, he might even play this week. We'll just have to see how he does um, in the testing for a concussion, if he passes or not, and if he's uh, okay. Hopefully he is. And then lastly, one of our big pieces to the secondary, Tukoski uh, Tart with a rib injury. He suffered not the Saints game, but the Ravens game, I think, in which uh, Marcel Harris had to come in and do for him. Again, a rib injury. Uh, so he's it's about one to three weeks. Uh, big piece, uh, big piece to the secondary. Um, he is um, obviously we've seen that with our defense allowing forty six points to the Saints. But I mean, it's Drew Brees, it's Michael Thomas, it's Alvin Kamara. Um, what can you do? Again, like we said, the offense has to pick up some games, and they did that game, and you love to see it. Um, again, like I said, they take on the Falcons at home. I have a question, Jake. Yes. Is this a trap game for tonight? Uh, yeah, I believe it is. I do think they're going to win, but it is going to be a difficult game, I think, because they have a ton of injuries, as you said. Uh, the Falcons have been playing well recently. They're still not really good at all. Uh, they're actually pretty bad, but they've been playing well recently. They probably want to beat Kyle Shanahan, too. Um, but I think the Niners win this game, but I think it's going to be a tougher game than what people expect. I absolutely agree. Um. I think Vegas has them as a blowout game, I'm pretty sure. Let me check. Um, 11 points. Um, but I also agree. I, th- I feel like it's going to be a lot tighter than we think. I mean, obviously, the, the, the Falcons will be without Calvin Ridley. Uh, he's done for this season with, uh, with an ab injury. Uh, but they still have Julio Jones. They still have Matt Ryan. Um, I think they've won, I think, the last... Four games are like three and one or something. I forget, but uh, they did beat the Saints pretty convincingly. That's like a twenty-three to nine game or something like that. But um, yeah. But we'll be at home uh, after this uh, two away game stretch. We'll be back at home, in which we'll finish this season with the Seahawks away and then Rams at home. Um, we're currently sitting nice and pretty at the one seed currently. A lot can change in the next three weeks. Yep. Tons of things so can change. Keep, uh, tons of things, yeah. They tons, probably, of, tons of tons of things. I think the Niners would be either the one seed or the five seed, which is not yeah. breaking it's, news it's, or anything. It's, 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 it's first or five. You're, you're completely right. Yeah. Yeah, there's no way they drop to the sixth. Um, that's either going to be... The Rams are looking nice now. Um, they beat the Seahawks. Um, so the Seahawks... Uh, not who they thought they were, LOL. Uh, but we'll see. Um, yeah, it's, for those who don't know, the Seahawks uh, lost to the Rams uh, like pretty convincingly in LA. So we'll see how that goes for them. Um, like, but again, we played the Rams again at home. We beat them in a pretty tight game, to be honest. Our run game really took over that game. But then the Seahawks in Seattle, where it's going to be another tough place to play, but with some key pieces back on offense. But we might be missing some guys on defense this time, so we'll see how that goes. Um, anything else to add to the... Oh, we have a highlight for you guys to listen to. Yes, we do. Uh, yes, so this yes, is from yes. the Niners' past game. This is Saints. Uh, these are the best calls from their announcer, Greg Papa, who does the games. So here's his best calls on, from Sunday's win against the Saints. This video is a minute and 19 seconds long, 79 seconds, so here it is. So that's why it's going to take a while 
until we talk again. But here is Greg Papa and his best calls. There's a play action to Kittle. Garoppolo looking for a deep ball. Going to throw one down the middle for Emmanuel Sanders. He's got it! He was knocked out. He can get up and run. He may have been touched down. Breaks a tackle. 10-5. Touchdown! San Francisco! They stack Debo behind Bourne. They give it to Debo. Now they flip it to Sanders. Sanders wants to throw the ball wide open. Mostert! He's got it! Touchdown! San Francisco! Feels great, baby! Three left. Richie James Jr. right, Garoppolo back, he throws out left, caught, George Kittle down the sideline, 40, runs by a man, stiff arms a man, still pushing it out, flag, three flags come in, they may get George for a personal foul on the stiff arm, George Kittle went crazy on the play, caught it, ran down the sideline, did he stiff arm, Marcus Williams face grabbed mask, his face, face mask, mask. Face that's going to be a penalty on wow. New Orleans, wow, Here's your football game. High snap. Wisnowski got it done. Robbie Gold's kick is good. Robbie Gold beats the New Orleans Saints at the gun. So, yeah, that was Greg Papa, his best calls. Um, we haven't talked about the George Kittle play. That was one of the most insane plays I've ever seen that, in my life. That was, that, like, amazing. Freaking amazing! It's like there are a lot of plays um, from the Harbor era that I'd say is top five, but like that, this George Kittle play is one of the best I've ever seen. Yeah, like mm. a four, fourth and two, we need to move the chains. Um, I'll be asking for a little out route, something like that. But Kittle just takes it, fucking forty yards, puts Robbie Gold in prime position to kick that field goal. It was awesome to see. Taking three guys. 23 three yards. Guys. He dragged three guys for three t- over guys? 20 yards. The crazy thing about the field goal was that was almost blocked. Like, I watched it over, and it was, oh. <laughs> it was a, <laughs> like half a millimeter away for being blocked. The snap, was, the, snap was, the snap was high, too, and I was like, oh, shit. Yeah, the snap was really um, high. It was not a good snap at all. Not, yeah. I, I rewatched the uh, highlight of it. And oh my God, it was, <laughs> it was, it was closer. Cause I remember when the Niners played the Packers and the, remember the playoff game in Green Bay? Yeah, in Green Bay, Frozen Tundra, yes. Yeah, they were in Green Bay. Phil Dawson had a kick to win the game in the last couple seconds. It went through the defender's hands, like his arms God. went through and he made God. it. This one was so close to being blocked. And that would have been a terrible, terrible way to lose a football game. But they got it down. It was a really good play. Robbie Gold, I think, is back. Um, so I think the nine, that was a great win. That was the best game the yeah. Niners. That was the best game the Niners have been involved it's, in it's, since. It's, it's it's the game of the season. It's the, it's the game of the season after the Seahawks game, which people were already saying game of the game of the year. This might be the game of the year now. Oh no doubt. This is the um, best game. This is the best Niners gosh. game they played in since I believe the NFC Championship game against the Seahawks. Great game. I mean. Um, I mean, now I have two, two memorable games against the Saints. One, um, back when Alex Smith was the quarterback, that was a great game. When he, when he rushed for a touchdown and then threw the game winner yeah. to Brian Davis. That was, that, was, that was great. And this game, dear gosh, just coming back from this game, two leap changes in the last minute. 
Um, again, Drew Brees sending it, putting his team up one, thinking that we didn't have a chance, and that Jimmy G, I from his veins, George Kittle put the team on his back, Robbie Gold, steal it and deal it, get the W, great fucking game. Yep. Great. Agreed. Game. Agreed. Oh, sorry. So, yeah. Um, yeah. So, let's move on, uh, move on to our picks. We haven't done freaking two weeks. Uh, it's been a while since we've done picks. Um, I think it's been three weeks without picks now. Let me check what the records are. Uh, I'm 38 and 23 currently, and then Jake is 42 and 19. So, Jake currently mm-hmm. holds a four game uh, lead right now. Let's go. Uh, Probably not going to change this week unless uh, I, I win both my lock and upset, but it's yeah. pick all the same every single time. But yeah, um, Thursday night, Ravens versus Jets. The, Jet, uh, the Ravens are the favorites. Obviously, Jake and I are both taking the Ravens because why would we not? Uh, the Jets are trash. Um, there has been talk about the Jets uh, moving on from Le'Veon Bell. Free that man. Uh, he picked the wrong team, that's for sure. Yeah, no shit. Um, and then also <laughs> moving on from Jamal Adams. Uh, have you seen that? Have you seen that report? I've seen that report. I have not. Um, so yeah, they they obviously they were exploring trading him uh, oh, yeah, yeah, mid season yeah. before the deadline. That didn't happen. Uh, I guess it just were asking for too much. Um, but I mean, it's probably gonna be the same asking price when the off season rolls around. Um, the guy, the guy's good. I mean, it's just a matter of you wanting to pay, or the, the matter of you trading away picks and other things to get him if you're another team. But yeah, that's Thursday night tonight, both picking the Ravens. Uh, Sunday night is Bills versus Steelers. Uh, the Steelers have won three straight. Uh, their defense is playing pretty well. Uh, new quarterback again, Duck Hodges, um, in there for them. I think they're getting back Juju and James Conner this week. You could have used James Conner this whole entire season, but, um, you know, he's not in there for you. He was injured. Yeah. yeah, he has been injured. I think it's like finished like shoulder issue, but yeah, he's been practicing. Yeah, I don't want to talk. I don't so want to talk. No fantasy talk because I'm so disappointed in how my season. Uh, oh well, oh well. Uh, but yeah, uh, every fucking Steelers, player. I think both of us are taking the Bills. Josh yep. Allen and company. Hopefully, gets that dub. Although uh, the Steelers, I give them so much Steelers. credit. I I give them so much credit. They're on their fourth quarterback, really, basically. Pretty much. Pretty much. Yeah, I mean, they've been, it's a great story. They, Tomlin deserves Coach of the Year candidate votes. I do think it's going to Shanahan, but he deserves at Absolutely. least a couple of votes. But I 100% agree. The guy, they were what, like 3-4 and four at one point, and now they're like 8-5. 8 8-5. Yeah. So um, the defense finally figuring it out. Uh, Mason Rudolph, that big head piece of shit's out of there. And they got a guy who can actually throw the ball pretty well downfield, too, in Doug Hodges. So, um, him and James Washington have a good connection. Once Juju gets back, maybe they'll get that playoff push. I think they're... They're the sixth seed right now. Do you know what seed they are? They're the sixth seed. They're the sixth seed? Yeah. With the Titans on their backs. Okay, okay. Oh, the Titans are not in? They're not not in yet. No, they're they're tied. But if they beat the Texans, they would lead the division, then they'll be in at 9-5. Right. Okay, and then Monday night, it's Colts versus Saints. Uh, Jake and I are both taking the Saints. Uh, yeah, 
don't really have to talk about any. I don't really have anything to say about the game unless you do. Do you have anything to say about the game? Uh, no. Okay. Game's uh, moving ass. on. So the Raiders versus Jaguars. Both of us are taking the Raiders. Gardner Minshew is back. I'm surprised you picked the Raiders here, Jacob. Gardner Minshew is your guy. Yeah, but the t- Jaguars have quit, and the Raiders last game in Oakland. So you you would hope the Raiders come out with like some intensity and try to win the game, uh, but they've yes. been they've been really bad recently. One of the most fraudulent six and four team. One of the most fraudulent six and four teams in recent NFL history. Yeah, they just they, they had it. They 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 got destroyed by the Jets. They got pummeled not, by the Jets. The Jets. And then pummeled by the Chiefs the following week. And then... Who did they play last week? The Chiefs. And destroyed by the Titans. Yeah, I got... Oh, yeah. They got yeah demolished by MVP candidate Ryan Tannehill, who's finally put it together after 20 years in the NFL. <laughs> <laughs> finally put it together. Took him 20 is years, but team, hey, he's got it under control now. good right now? Sneaky good, but if they make the playoffs, they're getting they're they're getting destroyed. I actually I actually think it depends on who they match up against. If they play the Patriots, I think they dismantle, <clears throat> dismantle, <throat> destroy. Oh combine the words you want. Combine, You're dismantle, and destroy. The Titans will absolutely destroy the can't Patriots in the playoffs. That. Absolutely destroyed. Okay. If they play the they play the Ravens, they're fucked. The the Patriots because I think they're gonna be a three seed. They're gonna win the division. I think they're gonna beat they're gonna beat the six seed, probably the Steelers. They then go on the road against the two seeded Patriots team against that shitty offense. They would destroy the Patriots. Oh my! I can't believe you just said that. Destroy them. I can't believe they're you going to the AFC. The Titans are my sneak peek. To be in the, okay, maybe not the Super Bowl. To be in, there might. I think it's gonna be it's gonna be Ravens Titans in the AFC Championship game. I'm calling it. Oh dear God, stop it! Actually, wait a minute. Stop. I may be wrong because it would be the four seed. Stop. That wouldn't be right. Yeah, no, stop. First of all, they're losing to the they're losing to the Texans this. No, they're gonna beat the Texans. This Sunday. They're they're, they're beating the Texans. Beat, gonna, the Texans will beat the Titans nah. this Sunday. Nah. The, the Texans will uh will regain the lead. In the AFC South. They're going to destroy. Well, they can't play the Patriots. Well, they could play the... No, they can't. Oh, God, never mind, I can't believe you just said that. I can't. Hypothetically, if the... If the hypothetically, if the Patriots play the Titans, you're picking the Titans over the Patriots. Yep, picking the Titans over the Patriots. Dear Lord. Have you seen Tom Brady recently? Have you seen him? Dear God. I absolutely have seen him. He's not... Been ass. Just... just Ass. I'm just not betting against. I'm just not betting against Tom Brady in the playoffs. Well, I am. Do play. Just not. I'm just not. He's not ass. Patriots are ass. Titans would destroy the Patriots in a playoff game, uh, but they won't play the Patriots in a playoff game. So what I just said may not probably won't happen at all because they will be the four seed, have to play the one seed, unless the six seed beats the three seed, then they play the two seed. Boom. Actually, you know what? They will destroy the Patriots. My Titans are going to be in the AFC Championship game. LOL. Dear God. All right, well, let's move on to our 49ers versus Falcons. Like, obviously, we're both I'm going to clip 49ers. that. Um, yeah, I was, in, I was in a live tweet, but I just, I just couldn't fathom me saying that, so I just could not. No, live, t- live tweet it. Oh, you know what? Live tweet it. 
right, here, let me go on RBA. For those that don't know, we do have a Twitter. Follow us at the BA underscore podcast one. Yeah, tweet this out because I'm going to retweet it. I'm going to comment, destroy. Jake just said on the podcast that the 10 a C Titans Titans would beat no the- destroy no but you're going to you're going to say that no you just say dest- I'm going to say dismantroy combine the words if you want they're going to demol- they're going to demolish the patriots would destroy the Patriots in the playoff game. Patriots. If. If. They play. They played in a playoff game yep. right now. Yep, they would destroy them. I don't, think, I don't think it's a hot take. Hot take? I don't think it's a hot take. It may be hot because Ryan fucking Tannehill is their quarterback, but... Tannehill's finally figured it out. 20 years in the NFL, but he's finally figured it out. I didn't, I didn't at you. It's just on our Twitter thing. Sorry. I didn't forgot to at you, but it's there. I'm going <laughs> to retweet. Okay, but yeah. All right. Uh, yeah, we're both looking at the 49ers. Uh, while Jake does his little tweet thing, um, our last the week, I'll just go for both of us. Uh, I'm seeing Chiefs over Broncos. Uh, uh, Jake's taking Patriots over Bengals. Uh, I'm taking, like I said, I'm taking Texans over Titans this week. Uh, Texans are the underdog, I think, by three. Or even, I think, it might be like two, to be honest. I can't remember. But then Jake is, is taking, in his upset, Cardinals over Browns. Um, that's it for the episode. I don't have anything else to say. Jake, have anything else to say? Um, No, I have nothing else to say. All right, here, I'll end it first. Yeah, thanks for listening to the BA Podcast episode 85. Um, Make sure you follow us on Instagram at the BA underscore podcast one. Also, follow us on Twitter at the BA underscore podcast one. Like us on Facebook. Also, follow us on the SoundCloud app and also subscribe to us on the podcast app. And make sure to subscribe, like, share, rate, review, unsubscribe, resubscribe, do it for the times again. System, which will never be an industry for over 20 months. We're going to talk to another podcast for a while. If you do that, we'll give you a high five. Blah, blah, blah. I forgot what I was going to say because I don't care. Um, what was I going to say? I forgot my way of doing it. It's been a while. Make sure to like, share, make sure to like, make sure to subscribe, like, like, like share, rate, review, yeah, unsubscribe, review, resubscribe. Do it about 50 times to gain a system. Look to learn from being an industry over 21 months. So you gain a top tier podcast worldwide. If you do that, top tier podcast worldwide. We, oh, yeah. Top tier podcast worldwide. We will take top tier podcast sports recreation, but as you know, we shoot your stars to the BA podcast. So give us a top tier podcast worldwide. If you do that, we'll give you a high five. That's all the ad for today's episode. Thanks for listening. Bye. Demand Stroy!